Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast hosted by me, Josephine Atlery. Do you ever feel like you could use some guidance when life throws you a curveball? By listening to the narratives in this podcast, you will learn from other people's experiences and responses to challenging situations so you can fast track the learning curve to get ahead in your own life. In this health and fertility episode, my guest is Olivia Raymond, author and mental health coach behind Simply Ollie LLC. Olivia's mission is to help more people beat the bad, bipolar, anxiety, and depression through a self-empowered path. After being diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder in 2003, while also struggling with suicide attempts, panic attacks, and psychotic episodes, she found that medication and therapy weren't methods that helped her. After nearly a decade of trial and error, she accomplished the impossible and now lives free from the bad. Using Street Smart's approach to mental health, Olivia is helping people to find a more positive perspective, embrace who they are, build confidence, and live free and happy lives. I'm so excited to talk with Olivia on how she has responded to the various obstacles in her life, particularly in relation to motherhood and mental illness. We've talked a lot on the show about the trauma of trying to have children, but not so much about the emotions that we carry along with us when we transition into motherhood. Plus, the topics of mental health are still discussions that can be considered taboo. So let's dive right in and open up the dialogue of mental illness and ways in which to cope. Thank you so much for joining me, Olivia. I'm so excited for our discussion today. And, um, you know, let's just dive right in, shall we? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited. So as I was prepping for the interview, I went onto your amazing site and it says on there, this quote that I, I love, putting a smile on, but you still feel like you're barely surviving and not thriving. And I think many of us can resonate with that statement at one point in our lives. Perhaps it is the listeners of my show who are trying to conceive, or perhaps the parents who are listening who are just currently struggling with everything COVID and how life has changed because because of it. However, in your instance, this statement has a deeper meaning in relation to your battle with anxiety, bipolar, and depression. So I'd love if you could begin by telling us in your own words how you overcame your bipolar, your anxiety, your depression, and first how this began in your life, and then addressing the various paths that you went down in order to manage your mental well-being. Yes, thank you so much for asking. Um, You know, I wish there was kind of this simple answer for how I I beat it. Um, It was definitely a a, a nearly decade-long journey of me learning basically and, and, and teaching myself and just kind of learning from life, um, how to control my emotions and shift my perspective around things, um, so that I could feel more in control of myself because ultimately that's what I felt I was, I was lacking. Um, and it was just a constant struggle and suffering that I wasn't, um, I wasn't okay with anymore. And, um, you know, and that's something where, 
through all of the trial and error, I've been able to kind of look back in hindsight and be like, ah, I see now what those uh, connecting pieces were, where it was about the emotional control, where it was about shifting uh, your my perspective on things and also developing loads of self-love that was massively uh, lacking. And I like to call it the, the mental BLT, building up my uh, belief, love and trust within myself. And, um, you know, that that all kind of came together and me figuring out how to beat it started from, um, I mean, it was, it was quite the journey. The first, um, seven years of my life was repressed. I don't remember any of it. Um, just, I, I can only speculate through maybe traumatic experiences between my parents' divorce and, uh, it could have been a number of things. I, again, I don't remember, so I can't, I can't know. Um, but then at 13 being diagnosed, uh, with bipolar disorder and going through the whole, journey of medication and therapy. Um, and none of that really working in the way that I hoped it would work. And, and, you know, being told by doctors, well, this is just how you're going to have to live the rest of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. and we can try to treat it. And that was kind of sucky news to get. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, going through those teenage years into my early twenties, um, you know, dealing with suicide attempts, uh, psychotic episodes where I would hear voices, um, you know, just having it completely uh, debilitate me in so many ways and having that like result in self-harm and trying to cope in really unhealthy ways through alcohol and sugar and um, relationships and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And finally, I just, I reached a point, um, where enough was enough. Uh, I was in a mentally abusive relationship and I was like, it's gotta be better than this. Like life can't just be this. Uh, I I just can't accept that. And so then I was just very determined uh, to put myself first and to figure out how to create happiness within my own life. And, and that's when that journey started to me figuring out um, how to beat it and by no means did, did life pause while, while I did that. You know, I got married, had babies, uh, bought a house, <laughs> you know, right. uh, went, went through all the things. And this was after graduating college. And so, you know, starting my business, all that good stuff. Um, but that's, that's where that, that comes from is that, you know, we can try to smile and just feel like we're kind of surviving or feel like we're dying on the inside, but ultimately we could be thriving if we just took charge and and stepped up and decided I'm going to do this differently. And and I don't care what anyone else has told me Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and choose your own path of what that's going to look like. That's an amazing story. Olivia, I can't, I can't even imagine. And the fact that you're now in a position where you're helping others, which we'll get to, um, is also just phenomenal. So, you know, you said that you were in that abusive relationship and that's kind of where that was that turning point for you, but did you find it along the way before then, were there any other moments where you, where it felt like this is it, this is the moment where I'm deciding I'm going to change my life and then try, and then maybe it doesn't happen. Or was that really just the, that one moment when you were just ready to have it happen? No, I think the moments happen in in layers sometimes. You know, we'd like it to be this like one beautiful, glorious moment where in the movies. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I I know there was a 
I mean, there was a point when I was younger where, I mean, I would take myself off of medications. I'm like, this is not helping me. This is making me feel gray. This is not me. And so I, you know, I was very kind of stubborn the whole way through of just like, I'm not taking this medicine. It's not helping me be more of me. It's just numbing everything. And that's not how I want to live either. And then even when I was in that relationship, there was a moment actually before um, where I had punched myself in the, in the face. I had cocked my arm back, punched myself in the face, gave myself a black eye. And the person that I was with um, said, are you crazy? I could have you put away right now. And those words just stuck really hard. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, something has to change. I have to start doing something about this. And I, I started taking some steps, but I was still, again, accepting abuse from another person because it was very normalized behavior for me and um, still wasn't ready to just take charge of, of my mental health and of how mm-hmm. I was treating myself. I knew something needed to change, but I wasn't, I think the mental awareness was there. I just wasn't ready to take action on it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, um, I just, I, there was a, there was a moment where I really realized how poorly I was being treated in my own relationship by somebody who was supposed to love me. And I was like, that's not okay. And clearly I don't love myself enough to be able to just be like, I, I don't accept that. And so that was when I took the first action and ended that relationship in order mm-hmm. to, to better myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now I, ha- I had to ask uh, just to see what, like you said, those different layers were like, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, with the title of the podcast of responding to life, it's just interesting to hear how different people do respond to obstacles in their own lives and how it isn't the straightforward path. It's not linear. And I just, I love for my listeners to be able to hear that you know, you may, that there are different ways and different routes to approaching one's challenges in life and that it's not, you know, one way might work and you might think you've started to, to sort of tackle things, but then you take a step back. And in my own life, I feel like that's sort of how things happen. You feel like you're making progress and then, then you take a step back and then you, and then you keep going from there, but eventually you get there. It's just putting in a lot of work. To, yeah. to get to that end goal. Well, and um, that's, I, I do want to just make a comment on that. I feel like that step back is sometimes that's the next layer, right? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have been able to take that step back and then realize where else we could grow if we hadn't have already grown. So I think right. a lot of people feel that like, it's like, oh, I'm back here. Oh, why? And it's like, yes. no, that's a really good thing. Cause that means you've now unlocked the next level that you can now go to. And you wouldn't have been able to do that if you hadn't have already done the work that you did. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. You said that. That's a great point. And the fact that that step back, you're able to actually see things in a different way because mm-hmm. of all that growth that you had just went through on previously. Yeah. So in your, uh, in your pre-interview, you mentioned about mentally navigating 12 days of, I don't know if I'm saying this right, prodromal labor yes. and entering motherhood with mental illness. And I have a lot of people on the who listen, who are trying to conceive or who are about to, or who are actually mothers. So I'd love for you to share what the early days of motherhood was like for you under those conditions and exactly sort of what that was 
for those that don't know? Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I always, you know, do my absolute best to just be full on honest when it comes to yeah. motherhood because yeah, we don't need any more of that, like perfect picture painting. Um, but for me, entering motherhood was a, a unique experience um, simply because I think I had, I lived so much of my life all, all the way into um, about 2021. 20, um, so I think I had our first at 23 is, is how old I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout that time, I, I hated children. I was never the type to be like, I'm going to be a mom. Like nobody ever anticipated children coming from, from me. (laughs) Like it was, it was a shock for everyone. They're like, wait, what? Um, And, and I think a lot of times too, like when, when you have mental illness, it it can stem from that. So Mm -hmm. you're like, why would I want to bring another person into this world? That's going to struggle in the way that I'm struggling. Like, why would I want to put that on someone that, you know, I've even had people call me irresponsible. Um, oh. for ha- yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. People can be very, uh, judgy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, how could you do that? Um, yeah. because I hadn't beat it when, um, I had my first and, you know, going from that, um, and, and our first pregnancy was actually a miscarriage. So, you know, the kind of the mental back and forth of being like, okay, I've, I've finally accepted it. I'm going to become a mother and then have that taken away. And then, now, you know, it's a lot of emotion to navigate. And I think that's right. too why I try to teach people to, to navigate their emotions. Cause especially if, you, you know, motherhood and mental illness, um, is kind of a, a combo, if you will. And so, you know, entering when I, I, there's this very vivid memory I have of when my daughter was three. Um, mm-hmm. and if, of course going into it, um, was unique. I was, I was very um, worried about uh, postpartum depression and my right. husband, my husband was so sweet. And he was like, look, you, he goes, you actually have probably an advantage over, over other mothers where you know what depression looks like, you know okay. what it feels like. And so you're going to know how to call it out and how to get help and support mm-hmm. if that's what you're feeling. Um, he's like, you know, a lot of moms don't even know that they're experiencing it and, and you get that advantage, honestly. Um, that was, that was really reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you, you have this kind of, I think, awareness, um, of yourself, but you know, it was, it was, I didn't really notice too much of a conflict when she was smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, when she was three, there was a moment where my daughter got super upset and punched a wall. And I was like, Oh, because children, children are small mirrors. Like they mimic what you do. And I yes. immediately, and I was like, she got that from me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem. Oh. And, um, and I knew that's where it had stemmed from. And so that is when I really kicked into high gear. Okay. How do I handle myself when I'm angry? How do I handle myself when I'm frustrated or upset or those kinds of things? And mm-hmm. I started implementing breathing techniques, yoga, meditation, um, I did start yoga after I had her, um, which I think helped immensely because it just helped keep me centered. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I constantly have used my children as little mirrors and I see their behaviors and I go, okay, am I having those kind of behaviors? Um, mm-hmm. and if so, how can I, you know, change that? How can I shift that? How can I help myself, um, to better help them? And I think that 
when you're dealing with um, a mental illness or you've experienced it, you have that level of, or you can have that. I mean, everyone can, but you can have that level of awareness of realizing that your kids may pick up behaviors that you, that you know yourself you're doing. But um, with my second, you know, I kind of was able to, to be more reflective and, and mindful. And um, yeah, I, you know, I think going in, even with your second one in general, you kind of are like, okay, like I, I've gone through this before. It, it'll be, it, it's not going to be the same, um, mm-hmm. especially when it came to the labors were uh, insanely different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um but yeah, the, the pregnancies, I think, you know, that's why, you know, when people come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm dealing with this. I want to have kids, but I'm, I'm scared because also, um, if they're on medication, typically they have to get off of them, um, cause they can't take them during pregnancy. And that's, that can be a really scary thing. And so mm-hmm. I always encourage people like, Hey, just practice, uh, controlling your emotions and, um, you know, being aware of, of how you act and react and, and, and see how you can exercise uh, your decisions and intentions in that um, so that when it comes to pregnancy, when your hormones are going to be all over, <laughs> it's going to be yes. happening anyway. Um, you know, that's still an area that you can kind of practice uh, self-love and control mm-hmm. and um, forgiveness in too, because, you know, things are, things are just going to happen. Can you touch upon other strategies that know that helped you per se maybe in your own pregnancies um definitely breathing Uh (laughs) um just the art of practicing a a pause and the breathe is Mm -hmm. is can feel like sometimes the toughest thing to do um but I know that 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 helps a lot um I know for me something that was very helpful was um kind of assessing like if something would trigger me or, or make me upset wouldn't matter what the thing is but I would watch um my reaction so mm-hmm. a lot of people try to figure out what their triggers are so that they can prevent the trigger or be aware of the trigger um but like especially when you're pregnant sometimes it like literally comes out of nowhere like yes. you may just cry <laughs> or whatever that is and so to, to, I would kind of watch how it would play out, um, and, and assess it and be like, okay, I know that I would maybe, um, get angry and then I'd say mean things and then I'd cry and then I'd get really tired or whatever that is. And then I would kind of, um, look at, okay, how can I nurture myself in each of those situations or each of those moments um, and also go, okay, well, how can I maybe kind of redirect? And if I find myself getting angry, could I allow myself to just go to the crying instead of saying mean things? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. So kind of helping, helping, yeah, just uh, the awareness, I guess, of, of your own self, because that's really all you have um, control over, even if you can't control the initial uh, reaction. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. No, I I really like that. How you break it down into into being aware of the different steps that you normally take in a given situation, and then and then seeing what you can perhaps navigate around. I really like yeah. that. Actually. Yeah. I yeah. I I love like our emotions are are basically uh, habits for a lot mm-hmm. of us. So a series of things will pe- uh, play out. 
and it's just habitual. It's subconscious and we don't realize that. And so we try to figure out, Oh, why did that happen? Or, you know, what made that happen? And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, the better answer is how do I help myself when it happens? And then a lot of times the why will just kind of come up and you'll be like, Oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's actually the, um, I was asked that the other day, what was the difference between responding versus reacting? And that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. It is being able to have that awareness and not, and not go instantly into those habitual um, responses that are reactions that you've had in the past that are emotional and just things that you've, Mm -hmm. you've done over and over again, because that's what you're, you're used to doing Mm -hmm. and instead pausing to take that break and be aware of what's happening and understanding what perhaps you can do differently and not coming from a place of so much, so much emotion. Yeah. It's a a great opportunity to like learn about yourself rather than be like, Oh, this is all the ways you're doing it wrong. It's just, Oh, how can I learn more about myself and how to help myself? Yeah. I like that. I like that positive, positive way of looking at things. That's so great. So I, as I was perusing through your, your website, which I love, and you know, you face so much adversity, you went through so many obstacles. And now as we're hearing, you just have such this positive way of looking at things and approaching challenges. And you mentioned that you coach others to free themselves from the, and you wrote bad in all caps, <laughs> that are controlling their lives. So if you could tell us the various modalities in which you help others do this and one day achieve hap- the happiness that they long for, I'd love to hear what, yeah. um, what the bad is in, in all caps. So the bad is just um, an, like a, an abbreviation or an acronym. I don't know the right word um, for bipolar anxiety and depression. Okay. So I help. Yeah, that's what I, I just I help people beat the bad. Um, I do know I have a lot of people who follow me and are just like, you just help me better myself. I don't even have mm. it. <laughs> you just help yeah. me better myself, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so I do that through. Uh, my free podcast, um, just like you, just getting getting that help out to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have free resources available on my website, um, things from mantras to meditation to um, controlling your emotions. I, mm-hmm. I love just trying to help in, in every way that I can. I also have um, books that I've written available. Um, I book Back to Happy and Break the Chain and the Opportunity Journal. Um, I love writing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, I also have my, my courses and my programs. Um, I have a course on self-love. I have a program. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, so that, that can be, um, it's, it's centered, it's based for women. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you don't have to be struggling with bipolar anxiety or depression. Um, I think everyone can benefit from, from more Mm self-love for sure. Um, and I also have a program, um, called beat the bad, which is about how to help people, um, feel more in control of themselves and basically walking them through, uh, the steps that I took that without taking 10 years, (laughs) um, (laughs) to help them, to help them overcome it. Um, Cause for a lot of people, you know, meds aren't working, therapy's not working. Um, and it's really everything um, that I teach is in a way that you tailor it to you. Um, mm-hmm. There's no right way. That's, I, I truly believe that there's no one way to do it. There's no right way to do it. Uh, I think that when we learn about ourselves, mm-hmm. y- you end up knowing you best. Um, and sometimes right. it's helpful to just be able to learn how to do that um, and how to open that up and then 
help yourself. So no, that's, yeah, no, I love that. You have different approaches because everyone responds to things differently and touching back on the self-love issue because I just you know there are a lot of like I said mentioned women who are trying to conceive and that's something that really gets that really the love for oneself is something that just gets kind of demolished honestly because after each each cycle that's not working after you know all of these failed attempts, you start to really beat yourself up about it and you tie Mm -hmm. yourself to, to what's happening. And so in your own, you know, in your own journey, you mentioned that you realized that you weren't, you didn't love yourself enough. I wonder if there was something that like different techniques that you like to coach that seem to really work for, I know you said everyone's different, but just some that are, you know, some of your favorites actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, if you're dealing with, I, I think, especially um, for, for women trying to conceive, my heart goes out to, to everyone that's had to struggle with that. Um, but uh, a lot of negative self-talk comes up. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that, that eats away at self-love, like it's, it's full-time job, like it just mm-hmm. tears it apart. And um, one of my things that I love doing is called a positive chaser. So you know, I, I see a lot of things even mentally and emotionally as habits. So basically, um, how I first started with really building up love within myself was I would do these positive chasers. So the negative thought would come up and instead of trying to not have that thought or to, uh, or beat myself up for having that thought, I it's, it's automatic, right? It's a habit, even the, the negative thoughts we have about ourselves. So as soon as I would have a negative thought of, something like, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're just not, um, like in that case, it could be like, you're not, uh, like woman enough or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, then you'd follow it up with, no, I'm perfect or not. No, but you'd say I'm perfect just the way I am or something. And it can be whatever you want it to be. Um, truly, uh, I know for me, like I started with physical features working kind of from the outside in, um, cause it was something that I saw every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I would say uh-huh. whatever's most prevalent for you, whatever comes up the most start there. Okay. Um, but whenever that thought comes up, chase it with a, like go with a positive chaser, just follow it up with something positive. Um, you know, it's not like nothing magical is going to happen. You're just going to be like, okay. And I know at some point in my journey, I was like, am I just going to have to keep following up all of my negative stuff uh-huh. <laughs> with positive right. stuff? Like, am I going to do this the rest of my life? And I was like, if that's the case, then I, I will. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not the case. And right. I love watching even my students experience this. But you do that enough times and all of a sudden, you won't even really, like all of a sudden you'll just notice it. But the positive thought will become the first thought and the chaser will be a negative. Because you'll be like, oh, uh, like you'd be like, you'd look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm perfect the way I am. And then your brain would go, wait, but don't we think that we're not enough? And you're like, no. That's not the case. <laughs> and they swap places and it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, but that's one of my, that's one of my favorites just because I think a lot of people deal with um, the negative self-talk and, you know, I think forgiveness, um, self-acceptance is a, is a huge mm-hmm. component, but I know that can be a little uh, more work and yes. sometimes having this little tangible thing that you can do um, right. feels so much better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I really, I really appreciate that. And when I was going through the, um, like the work that I had to do to overcome my eating disorder, that was how I felt about many of the, not tasks, but things that I had to do in terms of self-talk and mm-hmm. sort of practices that I had to do with, when it came time to, to look at food and eat food. And, you know, there were all these now added steps that I had to do in order to eventually come to a point where you're right. It just, all of a sudden it shifts over and it doesn't feel like you're doing all these steps because you've internalized them now and it's, it's finally switched over. And, and that, when that happens, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, You're like, what? This is possible. (laughs) Right. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that tip. Yeah. I love giving, giving things that actually work for people. And, yeah. um, and so that actually, that, that leads to that other question that I said I would ask you at the end of the show, which was if there was a piece of advice that the listeners could take away from today's episode, based off of all your personal experiences, I don't know if you have any other one that you want to share um, just something that, you know, that really worked for you in terms of dealing with overwhelming feelings and just responding to life in a more positive and mindful way, something that would help them do that. Yeah. Um, I think the advice I would leave everyone with is, um, our, you know, our lives are made up of experiences and we're constantly growing and we're constantly changing. And to know that, um, a lot of times we ingrain things in our identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think especially as mothers, um, if something's not working, then it becomes part of who we are. It's us that isn't working. Right. And so I, yeah, I would just say to stay positive, see things as individual experiences and don't necessarily feel like you have to ingrain them into who you are and make it mean uh, something more, you know, don't make it into a story or make it into your identity just, mm-hmm. you know, see it as, as the experience that it is and know that you can move through it and you can overcome it. I love that advice because we do, we take on all of these, we can, we can take on all these experiences and really weave it into who we are yeah. and it doesn't have to be, it can just mm-hmm. be simply something that happens and then allowing it to just be, and then moving on to the next, the next step. Which when you, when you put it, all I could think about was how I coach people through meditation, because that's exactly, you know, what really is happening. You're allowing the moment to be, you're allowing the thought to come in, but you're not holding on to it. You're at, you're just acknowledging it and sending it on its way. And, mm-hmm. and then you're returning back into, you know, who you are, but the present moment, and then you're allowing other things to just happen again. Yes. without without holding on to it. So thank you so much for that lovely yeah. advice. I really love it. And then I always ask to my guests if they could share just a gratitude from today. I always like to end my meditations, but also the podcast on a positive note so that we can continue with a positive mindset. Yeah. Um, honestly, my gratitude is getting to see your face. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you were on my show and it was just through the phone. So I was like, oh, I get to see Joseph. Right. 
I know it's so different actually <laughs> to connect with someone and actually see them when you're talking. It's, yes. <laughs> it's a different experience. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate um, being able to see you and reconnect again. Actually, yes. this is so great to be on the, the other side of things and, and hear about your experiences, which are just tremendous and that Thank you're you. able to help people now because of all the experiences that you had and the lessons that you took from it. So I'd love for you to share how the listeners can find you via your podcast and your, your coaching, your website, if you could. Yeah. Um, you can find my podcast is called simply happy with simply Ollie. Um, you'll see my big, my big smile on my face on there. <laughs> um, and you can also, um, find my programs book, even the podcast, basically everything uh, that I do at, uh, www.simplyolly.com. And that's O-L-I, um, for Ollie. And then, um, yeah, come follow me on Instagram at the real simply Ollie. <laughs> Awesome. Well, definitely go check it out because it is truly inspirational to to just witness all the good work that you're doing. And then your podcast was amazing talking to you about you know, mindfulness and meditation and just all the goodness that you're spreading in the world is fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's so nice to see you and, and hear that you're doing well. Yes. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the work that you do for just all the, all the mothers out there. Cause that's so important. Wonderful. Thank you. It was such a pleasure speaking with Olivia today on the ways in which she overcame her bipolar depression and anxiety and now coaches others towards empowered freedom from mental illness. As we heard firsthand from Olivia, we all have the choice to be happy and free from negativity and from mental illness, but it's a choice we have to make every single day using strategies that work best for you. This first act of choosing is your step towards regaining control of what feels like your life spiraling out of control. This idea can be applied to mental illnesses of bipolar disorder, depression, and anxiety, but it can also apply to other situations in life that feel out of our control. For example, difficulties with trying to conceive or parenting during the pandemic. When we choose the path of positivity, we take that first great big step, albeit difficult, to find solutions that will uplift and empower us out of darkness. Olivia's strength and resilience and dedication to her own well-being and those of her clients are inspiring. I challenge you to find something in your own life where you can make a choice towards positivity. As a reminder, I offer general fertility and parenting-specific meditation sessions and workshops that you can book on my website, jatlurie.com. In addition, please check out the free video med meditations that I have posted on my site. To receive the latest monthly meditation, make sure to sign up for my newsletter on the site and you'll receive monthly wellness tips and deals as well. Thank you for listening to Responding to Life, a podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to receive a bi-monthly newsletter with an exclusive and free video meditation, along with wellness tips and deals, please go to www.respondingtolifepodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter by entering your email address in the pop-up box. In there, you'll also learn my seven-step process on how to meditate like a pro 
so you can stress less and live more joyfully. If you enjoyed the show, I invite you to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast outlet you use. I look forward to sharing another inspirational story with you real soon.